and welcome back to GradCast Grad Life segment, where we're going to be diving into the world of finding career opportunities during a COVID-19 pandemic. I am joined by two of my guests, Teresa Bohr and Heather Wakeley from the Careers Education Unit in the Careers and Experience Department at Western. How are you both doing today? Good, thank you. Thanks, Gavin. Thanks for having us. No, very excited to have you on and I'm looking forward to this conversation. So I think quickly for the audience, uh, do you guys want to quickly both introduce yourselves and explain what is it you do at the Careers Education Unit? Sure. So uh, my name is Teresa Boer and I'm a career educator. And so what that means is that I meet with students to help them with essentially what comes next after Western. So uh, that could mean help looking for jobs. It could mean help with career exploration of what they would like to do when they leave Western. And sometimes it's even helping with grad school applications and professional school applications. So we do um, job search strategies, interview skills, um, all kinds of career exploration work. And we do this one-on-one -on -one with students as well as in groups. So we offer workshops on these topics as well. Yes, and uh, as you mentioned, I'm also a member of the Careers and Experience Department. In my current role, I provide leadership to two of the three units within the department. So the Career Education Unit, which Teresa is a member of, as well as the Experiential Learning Unit, where we support uh, some of the different work integrated learning, community engaged learning, and co-curricular experiential learning opportunities uh, for all students. Oh, that's okay. That's very interesting. And um, it's good to know that these types of services and uh, ways to get advice are available for graduate students uh, here at Weston. I'm curious to know, like with all these, um, Teresa, you mentioned those workshops and getting to practice interview skills and Heather, you probably getting to engage your graduate students starting your position. Have you noticed any uh, major difficulties that students have brought up ever since we've moved into to more of an online format? Well, I think uh, with respect to interviews, you know, learning how to uh, interview virtually is, is um, something new for students. <laughs> and so uh, part of our mock interview sessions that we offer uh, traditionally would include information and feedback on the, the students' responses, but now we also include a little bit of information on how to make the most out of your Zoom square or whatever <laughs> technology is being used for the interview. Uh, so we talk about lighting and someone's background and uh, where your camera is positioned and uh, you know distractions making sure your laptop's plugged in or whatever device you're using is plugged in you know those kinds of things that we have wouldn't have had to have a discussion on before yeah i feel like when it comes to um trying to do virtual interviews they're in a way more nerve-wracking because there's a lot more things that could probably go wrong than if you were to go in person then you kind of have everything planned but I feel like using on virtual platform, you worry about one, how you're going to proceed virtually because sometimes it's hard for students to express some ideas through a computer than it would be in person because you get more chances to explain yourself. And also the standard, you might just lose your connection halfway through your interview, which I guess is always very nerve wracking because you don't know how you're going to be able to come back um, from that problem. It's true, it's so true. But I think it's important to appreciate that there are good things that have come from virtual interviews as well. And so um, some people find it helpful to have little sticky notes around their camera for things that they want to use for talking points that of course you would never be able to do if you were in a face-to-face you know, -face format. Uh, you can wear clothing that's comfortable, you know, particularly below your camera level, if you're comfortable <laughs> in your sweatpants and slippers, you know, that works for you. That's great. 
And uh, I think with respect to internet, I mean, and we're all experiencing that problem right now. I remember when we were first uh, began working from home when the pandemic began, and I used, I used to apologize all the time for, you know, my internet connection being cut off and being frozen on my Zoom square whenever I would come back and say, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And then I appreciate, what am I apologizing for? It's nothing I can control. <laughs> I just had to kind of learn to roll with it a little bit. And so I think that, uh, you know, people are forgiving with respect to internet connections. We know it's nothing that anybody has control over and not something that you can plan for in advance, you know, other than the fact that you close everything on your desktop, make sure that there's no other sources running. Your internet is your internet. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's always the thing, but it's always the things that we don't have control over is what we stress over the most because it's like we know there's nothing we can do and that makes it even more anxious. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm a little bit curious to know um, for when everyone started, when you started teaching um, students how to do interviews virtually, was there anything, and you mentioned some um, advantages of doing uh, virtual interviews over in-person interviews. Um, so what are, are, are some of those advantages that you noticed? Well, you know, like I said about uh, putting the sticky notes around your camera, potentially, which is useful. So, so just helping you remember your talking points and then specific skills that you want to uh, articulate well throughout the interview. Uh, sometimes it's even the questions that you'd like to ask the recruiter at the end of the interview. There's always a section there that you're, um, there's, there's time for you to ask questions. And so it's always helpful to have several questions. Uh, so having notes on those is useful as well. And so that's definitely an advantage. Yeah. I think some of the um, worries too in uh, pre-COVID were about finding the interview location, you know, arriving on time and some of those concerns. So I think the elimination of you know, what if it rains? Do I have an umbrella ready? Do I do I know the address? Do I have I calculated correctly how long it's going to take to get there? I agree with Teresa's point that some of that eliminating some of that has been balanced out with um, some of the new considerations for online interviews. Yeah, I, I will admit that it does make it a little bit less stressful trying to prepare and get to the interview instead of worrying about the journey from your place to the lo said location. And uh, when you do these practice mock interviews out of curiosity, do you have to create different scenarios so the students can adapt to a real, to a real situation if they were being interviewed? Uh, so are you referring to the questions that we ask? Yeah, like so the types of questions that you would ask them. Mm -hmm, for sure. So we always ask students to provide us with a job posting and the, the, their application document that they used for the posting so that we see their resume or their CV and or their cover letter if they included that. Because this is helpful with respect to the job posting, we can then see what skills and experiences the employer has asked for. And then we can target our questions to ensure they include some of those skills so that the candidate or the student gets practice articulating how they have the skills that match the job. So in addition to that, we'll ask you know, general interview questions like tell me about yourself, because it's very important students are able to articulate who they are <laughs> to, to bring their documents to life. And it's a really common interview question anyway. It's a real icebreaker for employers to just let the candidate settle in by saying, tell me about yourself. But so many students struggle with that response. So we, we definitely practice that one. And then some other gen generic type of questions in terms of why did you apply for this position? Um, you know, we, we have a variety of types of questions that we ask. So often we ask behavioral questions where we're asking the student to pull from an experience in their past, whether that be through their academics or their work history, 
or possibly volunteer work or potentially if they've had an experiential learning opportunity where they have maybe studied abroad, done a co-op, done an impact experience through Western, any of those experiences that they can pull from and then speak to that experience regarding a specific skill. So this skill could be collaboration or leadership or uh, decision-making or time management, anything along those lines. So those are difficult questions to answer. So we ask intentionally ask those in our mock interviews so that students can practice them and uh, rehearse giving a full and uh, rich answer to the employer. Yeah, I, I feel like with uh, so many um, ways that students think about how the interview is going to go, that it's difficult for them to think clearly and to adapt to different questions that the interviewer may throw at them to try and understand why it is they're applying for the job, what experience do they really have, and how are they going to be able to express those experiences in the way that the uh, interviewer slash employer would probably understand. Mm -hmm. And I feel, I feel like with COVID-19, I think one of the problems is that we find it now harder to express some of our experiences because we feel like now that we're stuck at home, uh, majority of the time that we're not up and about in labs, we're not up and about meeting people at networking events, conferences, that I wonder if students are starting to feel that they don't have as much of these experiences or skills to talk about during interviews as, as much as they probably realize. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's maybe something you've come across or something you maybe get an impression of when someone's trying, when you're having one of these mock interviews. Yeah, I think sometimes students have to reach a little farther back than just the current year, right? Because things are different. But I definitely also feel that students have learned a lot through the pandemic in terms of adapting to online learning. That's not easy. That's, there's so many students who um, you know, really had difficulty with that adjustment and are doing well with it and, and are learning how to, how to manage that and navigate that landscape that they would not have had that skill potentially prior to the pandemic. I think, you know, even the use of virtual platforms, I mean, how many of us are now experts with Zoom or very good with Zoom anyway, whereas a year ago, you know, we didn't even know what it was, but it's not just Zoom, it's Microsoft Teams, it's Discord, it's um, Slack, all kinds of uh, platforms for communicating with one another that maybe we didn't use before. And so I think if a student can articulate their, um, the, the breadth of the platforms they can use in a remote world, there's definitely learning that's demonstrated there and an employer might be impressed with that. I would add, I think that, that um, your question, Gavin, also um, reminds us of the importance of research and preparation before the interview. So um, like as looking at the, the company website, the job posting, um, news, recent news about the company and, and you know, how, how they're, they're navigating the pandemic to anticipate the skills and values that are you know, gonna matter to that organization and to be able to think in advance about the examples that the student would wanna pull from their background, the stories that they'd wanna tell, whether that's, as, as Teresa shared, some of the examples of the, of the past year uh, or perhaps looking back um, and then preparing, practicing those stories thinking about the ways that you want to make those connections to you know, the type of candidate that they're seeking and provide that proof. And I think sometimes in interviews, we think it'll, it'll come to us, that we've been living it and um, that it will just flow. We're talking about ourselves and it should just flow, but I think it can't be emphasized enough how important that research of the company and, and um, reminding ourselves of our own backgrounds and, and strengths um, 
is so important in advance of the interview. Yeah, no, I completely agree, Heather. I think um, researching as much as you can about the position, the company, or sometimes even the person specifically, if they're working on um, individual projects or events, can really give you a, a strong foothold in the interviews. And I feel like with a virtual platform, we're put, more students are being put in that position to do a lot more research into the, into, to find that information because we can now no longer bring sometimes like pages of documents about ourselves and what we have learned through our time at a different company or in school or what we've been able to show. This is the research I've done of your company and the, I think X and Y and you show on paper are very interesting. And this is why I think I'd be good for this position. And it's good that we actually touch a little bit on like these researching skills and trying to help students find a way to express their show their experiences and express themselves in a proper way and in a professional way. And uh, Teresa, you mentioned these workshops where you help students write applications, strengthen CVs, um, find the best ways to reach out and find the opportunities that they're looking for. What new difficulties have you noticed for students trying to reach out to find these job opportunities? Because now we no longer have the chance to meet people in person, attend conferences or mm -hmm. short workshops in person, which usually makes networking a little bit easier. But in a virtual format does hinder some of it. But I was wondering if there's anything specifically you've noticed that's um, changed. Well, I would definitely agree with the, the ability to network at personal events. It's just not there, you know, just when you're standing at the at the waterline or the coffee uh, table, you know, you, you used to have chit chat with people and that's how networking happens anywhere, right? And so all that is taken away. Um, but I might suggest though that because we're, we're doing everything virtually now with respect to, to work and networking and things, I find that people, students are telling me they're having better luck reaching out to people virtually and having, you know, a 20 minute virtual conversation. So for the students who may not have attended conferences or had access to in-person, as many in-person networking opportunities, they're finding that this is working for them in particular because they can reach out to someone and say, you know, can I have 20 minutes for a coffee chat? You know, I'll set it up through Zoom or whatever platform they choose to use. And they're, they're having better success with people agreeing to that. And, you know, maybe that's because people want to stay connected. And, and you know, the person who's been re, who the request has been made of, you know, they're thinking, you know, I'd love an opportunity to have a conversation with somebody now. So um, it's a little bit of a, of a uh, there are there are definitely um, negatives that have come out of it, but there are certainly positives as well. And I think that it's a matter of looking for opportunities and still continuing to try to, to, to network and attend conferences virtually. Virtual conferences are generally cheaper, right? They're less costly and you know you don't have the travel costs of having to get to them. And so they could be more affordable for students to attend and sometimes they're free because people wanna stay connected to their networks. And so having access to those is, is very important. Yeah, uh, it, 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 I think it, it gives some um, students who probably were in a more of a financial struggle to attend some of the conferences they wanted to. And now that they've moved to an online platform, it has opened the doors to a lot more people who probably didn't get the same opportunities as other students. So I think that is definitely one of the big benefits that has come from it. I mean, it's never the same experience as going in person. And as you said, meeting people in the water and coffee lines. But I think it's it's something, it's, it's something that's pretty good considering based off the situation that we're in. And it's a little bit surprising to hear that you've had students tell you that, oh, actually I've been able to meet more people because we're on a virtual 
platform than I would be in person. And I guess maybe part of that must be it's easy to send an email to someone specifically or a message to try and connect with them than to try and hunt them down in person at a conference. It could be thousands of people and you may never even run into them. And then you then end up sending an email anyway. So I feel like that must be part of the reason. Mm -hmm. so, and I think it's also just, it's more intentional networking, you know, like I, I was at a, a conference, a virtual conference back at the end of January and uh, the organizers created these hallway conversations where you could arrange in advance to speak with someone in between the sessions. And so it's, it's like you say, it's very, it's, um, you know, it's very intentional in that you're not hunting around for this person in, in a sea of uh, <laughs> you know, how many participants that are there, how many hundreds and, uh, that are there. So the conversations I was able to have were, were really beneficial because they, they were people I intentionally sought out and, and we made time for each other. So it was really a good experience. Yeah. And, uh, and from that, though, I was wondering, like, when you help these students try to find these um, opportunities when it comes to strengthening their uh, applications and networking, uh, is there any, is there any like main pieces of advice that you would give to students probably listening now who are maybe struggling to network with their particular field or uh, finding difficulties um, strengthening their CV or a resume for a job or an internship position? Mm -hmm. So with respect to uh, resumes, we have a service in uh, our careers and experience office called Western's Employment Resource Center. So it's WERC, W-E-R-C for short. And this is a group of uh, student leaders who provide their fellow students with support on resumes, cover letters, CVs, uh, and LinkedIn profiles, uh, as well as uh, mock interviews. They help with interviewing skills as well. And so specifically for written documents, we have grad student hours. So every day of the week, um, uh, students can drop into a Zoom link and have a private one-on-one -on -one conversation with a grad student uh, who can give them feedback and insights on their application documents. Uh, and if, if students aren't interested or aren't available during those grad student hours, uh, we also have an e-advising service where students can email their documents to work, that's W-E-R-C at uwo.ca. And within three business days, they'll get a reply with feedback uh, through email. So it's uh, available to grad students as well, that service, as well as our drop-in hours. Um, so that's with respect to the resume supports. Um, with respect to my best advice for job searching, I would have to say networking is key, right? And so start with, your, with the people that you know. And, and lots of students will tell me, well, the people that I know don't work in the industry or don't do the jobs that I'm interested in doing. And so the theory is, it's not just about the people that you know, but it's the people they're connected to. So, you know, if you have done volunteer work or if you have done an internship or if you have worked somewhere and, you know, you know that your colleagues aren't doing the jobs that you want to do, but how do you know who they're uh, partners are or their neighbors are or their cousins are and so you need to connect with the people that are already in your network the current like your current network and let them know what you're looking for what you're curious about or what you're hoping to learn more about and then ask them do you know anybody who does that and tap into their networks and that's the easiest way to get started with networking I would add to that, I think it's um, like sometimes we think about networking as having a single goal, which is like identifying a job opportunity, hopefully connecting with someone that that happens to have an opening and and, uh, and for it to be a match. But I think that networking is more than that. It's an opportunity to sort of prototype potential career paths and to gather information 
to test assumptions that you have about a particular career or industry, um, to share your own experiences and information that you have. It's sort of a two-way thing. People forget that um, as well. Um, so I think it's, it's, I think people encourage students to go into networking thinking about all of those possible outcomes and not sort of a single measure of success being that they identify uh, a, a specific lead for um, job opening. Yeah, no, I agree. I think when it comes to networking that you want to try and reach out to as many pieces as possible. I feel like when you try to limit yourself to uh, one particular field or one there's only one person I want to reach to the chances of you finding something to help your career in the future is going to be a lot uh slimmer <laughs> a lot less likely something might come out of it unless they happen to have the opportunity of your dreams which most of the time unfortunately doesn't usually happen but it's um it's like Teresa said um you you and you meet someone maybe they don't have anything for you but they'll say however my colleague works at this location is doing something very similar i think you'd be uh you'd benefit uh, talking with them you should drop them an email or i'll send an email for them and introduce you and i feel like you should never also be shy when it comes to reaching out it's a very intimidating process especially now in a virtual uh, platform because you don't get to like they don't get to see you in person you don't try to give off a good impression you have to base it off whatever you write in an email which can sometimes be very daunting because you don't know how you're going to come across but I feel like you just need to sometimes just put yourself out there to the best of your ability or if you do know someone who knows them as a mutual connection maybe you could ask them to introduce you and that could probably relieve some of the uh, the tension at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would definitely agree with all of that, Gavin. And I also think that uh, it's important to, to be clear with what you're asking from, from the person you're trying to reach out to. So I know, for example, when people reach out to me for informational interviews or virtual coffee chats, it's very helpful when they say, you know, they want, you know, 20 minutes of my time within the next two weeks, because then I know what I'm agreeing to or if I can fit it in. Where if someone just says, could, could we meet sometime to have a chat? I think, mm, yes, <laughs> but I'm not sure really what they're in, in my head. I'm thinking, I'm not really sure what they're asking of me. Do they want an hour of my time? Do they want it in the evening? Do they want a Saturday? What, what do they want from me? So just be specific as to what you're asking, because that way the person can then determine if they can help you or not. Right. So I think that it, it's important to reach out, but it's also important to be clear with what you're asking for. I think a great place to start can be identifying or looking for uh, Western alumni that are working in your target organization or industry as well. That can be a, you know, a, a connection that you can establish right away. And uh, that can be a great place to start for people who are, are nervous about networking or, or wanting to set up an informational interview for the first time. Obviously, as, as Western students, we benefit from having a massive alumni network to, to connect with. Yeah, I feel like with that, LinkedIn is a huge advantage because you are able to, as long as they're registered on LinkedIn, you can find out as, if they've been to Weston and graduated, then you've found someone in the field that you have something already in common and you could probably use that to make the connection with them that you were, you may be in a similar situation that they were once in uh, years ago when they were about to graduate. But I, I feel like this question just came to my head though. Um, Maybe for some students who probably don't use LinkedIn or aren't comfortable using LinkedIn, uh, would you recommend maybe one of the best ways to network to try and find opportunities is to use 
uh, profiles and bios of people they want to speak to online that it'll probably just come down to general researching as you mentioned before Heather and sending out emails uh, when you think you found someone that you might want to speak with yeah I, I think that I mean you can you can you can certainly research and identify people outside of LinkedIn but I would definitely encourage students to consider LinkedIn <laughs> it's, it's um, so well used at this point there's so much um, information available there and, and research to be done on individuals and companies and, and job postings um, through LinkedIn. And I also think it, it's a great way for um, students to like establish their own online presence so that when an employer, we know that they're Googling and researching candidates. So it's a great way to um, intentionally create that positive professional presence that for yourself that you want to have online. Um, and versus other platforms, LinkedIn also, it, um, I find personally, it doesn't, it doesn't require a lot of um, energy or input. You know, you can get your, a strong profile up um, and, uh, and check it when you can, you know, use LinkedIn when you can, but it doesn't require up the level of engagement that some other social media platforms do. So um, so I think there are a lot of merits to LinkedIn and we offer a great LinkedIn workshop. There's recording online for students that haven't yet explored LinkedIn, but may want to, um, to your original question though, it, it's certainly not the, not the only way, but I'd encourage students to give it a consideration. Yeah. And, where, and you mentioned that LinkedIn workshop, uh, where could students find it? Is it just on the career education unit website? Yes, so if you go to career.uwo.ca, um, you in the student section, you'll see there's uh, events and workshops with the upcoming dates. We offer them often, uh, as well as recordings of previous sessions. Okay, well, that'll be very, very beneficial. And for someone who started using LinkedIn a lot more two years ago, I can tell you that it does help you a lot when it comes to networking. It's very intimidating at first, but eventually you get used to it used to it and get more comfortable reaching out to to people you've probably never met before and uh it's so oh no go ahead Teresa. <laughs> sorry i was going to say it's also a great tool for career exploration you know if, if uh, students aren't entirely sure where they see themselves in the world of work they can uh, search alumni from their program and look at profiles and see job titles other graduates have had or currently have or companies they've worked for. And then they can put those into a Google search and do some more research and looking into those opportunities. Then they can reach out to the person, of course, as well and ask for an informational interview. And they can say questions like, what do you do every day on this job? Tell me what you like, tell me what you don't like. What challenges are you working on? What projects are you working on? How did you get your job? You know, all those kinds of things, but it doesn't even have to start there. You can just start with just looking at people's profiles to see what they've done and what they're doing. And if there's anything there that you're curious to learn more about, then that's the start, right? Yeah, no, I think that is the, a very good start for a lot of people to, to take when they get into LinkedIn and to get into networking in general. So I'd like to quickly thank you both for coming onto the show. It was really great to get your perspectives and advice on how students can try to navigate the pandemic world and to make sure they can keep on practicing interview skills, networking, and finding, knowing that there are services out there through uh, Western University to get to help them improve resumes and um, their networking abilities. So I just wanted to thank you both uh, for coming on and 
I just uh, quickly, uh, if anyone wanted to reach out to either of you, where would probably be the best um, place to look? If they email directly, you know, we're happy to uh, connect with students wherever and whenever it works for them. So tboer, T-B-O-E-R-E at uwo.ca. Yes, and again, the career education website has a ton of information um, for students. I'd also highlight Western Connect, connect.uwo.ca and the job posting section where we talked a lot about networking and that strategy, but it, I think it's also important for grad students to know that employers are hiring. Um, we have as many job postings published so far this year as we had last year. So, um, you know, hiring is happening and, and I think students should keep that in mind and be confident in their job search in that respect as well. Uh, that's very good. Very good. Uh, we'll make sure to include all of that in our show notes and we hope everyone listening will take a look at the Career Education Unit website and check out Western Connect to find all of these services. Uh, this has been another segment of Hashtag Grad Life where we have been learning more about how students can navigate the pandemic world and to help improve our networking abilities outside of grad school. I've been your host, Gavin Tolometti, and if you'd like to learn more about GradCast, you can email us at gradcast at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at GradCast Radio. Thank you for listening, and see you all next time. Bye.